Welcome back to the Two Average Gyms podcast, the unofficial podcast of the University of Georgia football. We are back in the studio at the Stripe Show podcast, TF1, Travis Fulton Golf, home of Travis Fulton. Big thanks and a shout out to Trav, lead instructor in the country at this point Yeah, uh, for golf. Uh, but go check him out. And it's not just the instruction part with Trav. I got to say, gambling picks, if you like to gamble, 1-800-GAMBLER still is important. Gambling picks for Trav's deal, really good. Special guest, really good. Go follow Trav. He's already got a million followers, so <laughs> just go follow him. Uh, he's unbelievable. The studio is amazing. We've got new equipment this week, Jimbo, uh, and we didn't get locked out. We have uh, beautiful audio coming to everybody now. Really nice. Not that we, we had it before, but then we lost it the one day with, when we had to go uh, Plan B, thanks to Jimmy Evans, who's back again with us, episode 15. We, uh, we've got everything in place here and it, we just actually revved up for about 15 <laughs> minutes and realized we forgot to hit the damn button again so now we are 100 percent live from tf1 the red yes. button is on the sound is fantastic we beat tennessee we sent the volunteers home no rocky top in athens and the stadium was on fire we were on fire here at a tailgate that we threw six tents four tvs people everywhere it was absolute mayhem it was exactly what the dogs needed for a victory we got a ton to talk about today, Jimbo. Um, we got to review this Tennessee game and what a beatdown it was. We got to talk about Mississippi State. Before we do that, it's a very special day. It is the anniversary of one of our favorite people of all time. My late wife, Jimbo's mother, Beth, passed away 13 years ago today. And we just came from the cemetery on the way into the studio to shoot the show. And we gave her an idea of what the heck we we're going to be doing today, <laughs> looking for some feedback from her and some advice. And what we found out was what I knew when I got there. She is super proud of the man on my right and what he's become. And she's watching over us all, and we miss her dearly. Um, but we hope she'll continue to do so and continue to help out the dogs because we're going to need it the rest of the way. This is no easy layup this weekend. Mississippi State could be a little bit of a trap. But a special, special a tribute episode for her. Uh, for Beth, um, it was great seeing you, and we're going to come back tomorrow with the kids with some flowers and uh, do some fun stuff over there to celebrate you. Um, Jimbo, what a week, what a weekend. College football doesn't ever disappoint, and, man, it showed up again, and we're getting that time of the year where it's getting even crazier, yeah. and and it just it never disappoints. It doesn't. It, it was an incredible weekend. Um, I'll touch on what you – just touched on it in a sec, but just to break down the weekend, incredible weekend. You saw some of the mainstays of the college football playoff and, and you know, powerhouses in college football over the last decade go down. Alabama loses on the last play to LSU. Wild. Now LSU controls their own destiny to get to Atlanta. Clemson lost to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, that was a beatdown. That game really was never that close yep. from when Notre Dame got up on them. So, Huge wins um, for Notre Dame and LSU. The playoff picture is starting to take shape, and it's starting to get crazy. So, like you said, college football never disappoints. On a weekend where some powerhouses went down, the dogs did not. And we dominated. We are rising to the top to be the standard in college football. And I tell you what, I could not be happier with the leadership that we have with Coach Smart, the players that we have, like he said after the game, we took no one from the transfer portal. We have our guys. Everybody wants to be there. And we just have a different culture. The stadium was on fire. And you could tell from the start, um, we, j we handled the game. We controlled the game. So excited to get into that in a little bit. Um, just wanted to start out the show like I always do. Thank you guys for listening and following. Thank you for subscribing, for liking, commenting, and sharing our stuff. It means the world to us. We don't have a show without you guys, so thank you. The best thing that you guys can do is to just continue to share our posts, whether it's on Instagram and put it to your story, whether it's retweeting our tweets, liking them, messaging us, sending in questions for the show. We're um, basically growing because of you guys and because of the fans. So any help that you guys give to us is greatly appreciated. We want you to know that. We're basically on all social media platforms, at 2AverageGyms, T-W-O, Average Gyms. Um, we're everywhere, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. 
basically anywhere you can get social media, you can find us. So really appreciate all of um, just the interaction from you guys. And we've loved to see it. We see that the show is growing. We see those stats. So thank you guys. And just to add on what my dad said, special tribute episode to my mom. Um, she was wonderful and amazing lady. Thank you for continuing to watch over us, watch over me, our whole family. It's been a long 13 years, um, but not a day goes by where we don't miss you, think about you. So miss you, love you, mama. Thank you for everything that you have done for us and continue to do for us. And I hope you have fun watching this show. And then we do want to touch on two other um, just damn good dogs, DGDs, that have passed away recently over the last two to three weeks, Charlie Trippy and Vince Dooley. They were in very influential to not just the football program, but the university and the state of Georgia as well. Charlie Trippy was a national champion Bulldog on the 1942 team. He does have his number retired in Athens. Um, a, an incredible guy. He lived to be 100 years old, lived in Athens after his professional career. I was talking to my grandfather, Papa, the other day, and Charlie Trippy played for the Chicago Cardinals. That's where my grandfather grew up. He remembers watching Charlie Trippy just run all over people in the NFL championship game, win a championship as a professional. He also played baseball at the University of Georgia. He, in a game in 1942, when we beat Florida 75 to nothing, he ran for a touchdown, threw for two touchdowns, caught one, and had a pick six. So just an unbelievable athlete. He was an incredible person. I never got to meet him, but he was an incredible person around Athens. Coach Smart had a very good relationship with him, and he helped out Coach Smart a lot from the transition to player to coach. And then Vince Dooley. Vince Dooley, as everybody knows, was a longtime coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, 25 years, was also our athletic director. And he continued, well, he, he just throughout his whole life continued to do a lot for the university, not just the athletic programs, everybody. He took the time to be gracious with every single person, whether you're just a student walking around campus, you were an incoming freshman um, or a player or an athlete, whoever. And I had the chance to meet him multiple times at practices, and he was just the most gracious guy ever, nice as could be, and um, took the time to really engage with me, get to know who I was. And um, he's just an incredible man. So we uh, just wanted to say, um, you know, that for them, all, all three of those people that we just mentioned, but, um, you know, rest in peace, thoughts and prayers to their families, friends, and um, to Dog Nation, it's, uh, you know, that was a tough two to three week stretch to lose Charlie Trippy at 100 years old and Vince Dooley at 90 years old. Um, but they are just the definition of damn good dogs. Yep, yep. And a nice little piece for you to Mama. Mama, miss you, love you. This is a little, little uh, tribute toast. There we were go. not going to have any beer today, but we're having it in your honor and your tribute show here. Um, <laughs> Having a little bit of the sacrament. Jimbo's having his usual Michelob Ultra, and I'm having some Sweetwater 420, the unofficial <laughs> sponsor of the Two Average Gyms podcast. Uh, we had a chance to meet uh, Coach Dooley at the National Championship game, and, man, you talk about what you were saying, how he wasn't just football. He was everybody, right, the students, and, and anywhere around campus and just his involvement in the state, et cetera. Um, we had a chance to have lunch right next to him at the National Championship game, in Indianapolis and it was freezing cold out and Jules was really concerned that you know he's gonna freeze because he's 90 and he's got no hat and it's six degrees outside and we're freezing inside <laughs> yeah. uh, you know being the Florida wimps that we are so uh, we go over get him a hat and give him the winter hat and he literally wants to pay for the hat we're like coach I think you've done enough for the yeah. university and yeah. everybody <laughs> here it's okay if you just accept the hat and he did, and then the rest of history won the national championship, and he didn't get pneumonia or anything, and he, he was, you know, celebrating with his hat on. We saw him all weekend at the team hotel there. Uh, but all kidding aside, such a gracious man to sit there and take some time with us who he doesn't even know from a hole in the wall. And I think I might have been telling him about you and everything else, and he just engaged in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, a DGD, as you said, uh, sad to see him go. It's great that his name's on the field. Uh, inside Sanford Stadium, Dooley Field. Uh, it's just so super cool. And his impact and his mark that he put on, like you said, the program, the university, all of athletics, the state of Georgia, the television contracts, 
Did you talk about yeah, that? Yeah, I yep, I did on the first run. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. So, so we three putted like we yeah. mentioned. So now we're back. Another great thing that um, not many people know about Coach Dooley was when he was our athletic director, he was one of two people to spearhead the conversations of TV contracts with um, the major networks in college football. Him and the Oklahoma athletic director at the time, which his name escapes me, they were two of the driving forces of really getting college football on TV. And not many people know about that, but when you talk about growing the game of college football, impacting the game, and you know how different it may be today if they did not spearhead those um, efforts back in the day um, to get this great sport that we all love on TV. So um, he's just done so much for so many people. And um, that was a quick story that I learned about him recently um, after he had passed. But, yeah, just an incredible, incredible man. So, Jimbo, we got a, a lot. We just came out of Florida whipping them. Unbelievable mm-hmm. week in Jacksonville, right? And then we roll into Tennessee week. And everybody picked Tennessee. I mean, all Literally the everybody. talking heads picked Tennessee. Yeah. I know two talking heads that didn't pick Tennessee. Us two. These guys right here. Yep. Right and here. If they didn't pick Tennessee to win, they damn sure picked them to cover the spread. Yeah. And neither of those things happened. Exactly. Uh, it was nice to see uh, Mr. Pollock step up and yeah. pick the dogs, which yeah. you think he, he's, I got to say, he's he's typically pretty um, guarded and being a little bit trying to be yeah. unbiased. He does, yeah. I mean, he does a nice job he does of that. A good job. And I think Herb Street does too, and I think Desmond yeah. in a way does. But they all have the, when it's time to talk about who should get what when it comes to getting votes and other things, they all certainly sort of shove a little. But For sure. Um, David, I think, stays a little more even than the other guys. Nice to see him pick. Obviously, Luke Bryan, he's out there with the hot oh, boots in the damn awesome. thing. Game day is going crazy. Campus is going crazy. We talked to tons of people that were there. Uh, we have some special guests coming on, and we're not going to tell anybody who it is yet, mm-hmm. but we're gonna, we're gonna, that'll be another part sponsored by Blue 32, as always, for all of our special guests. Uh, so that'll be coming up later, but we got a ton to talk about. We go in this huge game, and what do we do? We didn't go to Vegas. We didn't go to Athens. <laughs> we had a tailgate. Right there in our neighborhood, six tents, four TVs, about 40, 50 people, tunes going. We had flag football. Par we, three. We had a par three hole we put out there. Uh, we had a huge field. Pizza and sandwiches everywhere. Everywhere. Beer everywhere. Everywhere. Liquor everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. It was, a, it, was a, it was a damn good tailgate and a hell of a time. And just what the doctor ordered to get us a victory. Because it yes. was crazy in Athens and it was crazy in Jacksonville. Jacksonville Bulldog Club was on fire last Thursday yes. night. I know the watch party went well, so shout out to the Bulldog Club folks. We love them. They always take care of us. A uh, lot of our fans, raving fans in there. Uh, we got a chance to see the great Buzzy Rosenberg yep. speak at the Bulldog Club. And, man, his stories. How about that game? He scores five touchdowns, and you're like kind of like the Charlie Trippy game. Yeah. Right? So he runs for one, throws one, catches, catches one. one. Runs back a kickoff and, and has a pick six. Yeah, it's just crazy. And he jumped over Vince Dooley in a famous yeah, like, picture. Yeah. I mean, literally like, like a frog, super frogs is nickname. Mm-hmm. Over and then now it's a picture on the front of his book, and it's a, it's an unbelievable picture. Uh, yeah, it is. And it he's is. only five nine or five eight. And yeah. More remarkable thing that night that we learned, he just set the world record for the most pull-ups by a seventy-one-year-old. He did 56 pull-ups in one minute. He's 71 years old. He is jacked. Jacked up, and he's got cancer. Yeah, yeah. He's fighting it's cancer. Unbelievable. And he looked at me and you, and he said, hey, coach, I don't sit on the bench. Yeah. I'm in the game. I'm playing it, the game. Six and, years he's been battling cancer, and this joker's 56 pull-ups in a minute. He's 71 years old. It, incredible story. He Just such a great guy, yeah. too. I got oh. a chance to spend more time with him today and um shout out to buzzy and frank and jimmy all those guys that um i got to spend a little bit more time with today just great people you talk about very gracious and like you said his story it's it's inspiring i mean to see what he's been through and to see how he continues to fight and just be a a great human being but also how like he like you just said he's not on the bench he's in the damn game and he's 
he's fucking crushing it. No, I mean, he is. He's just getting after it, and he's just. I. He won't be stopped. It's a great, great story, and um, I don't think you just mentioned this, but he wore thirty four. I was about before Herschel Walker. He was did. the original thirty four. And original one more 34. thing, two more things about him. One, he's coming on the show, which we're super excited about. Yes. And two, when he didn't have a starting role on the team, he kept asking. He kept saying, look, let me return punts, right? Nobody wants to do that. It's an awful <laughs> job. So just let me try it. And he just kept sort of ankle-biting these guys, right? Like, let me try it. Let me try it. And so finally, practice is about to end. And so they blow the whistle. And I think it might have been Eric Russell. Who no, was like, it was uh, – du- Dooley. Oh, it was it Vince? Yeah. Oh, okay, so Coach Julie says, "No, oh, no, no, we're gonna run one more." Yeah, and he says, uh, "Buzzy, get in there. You're gonna run. You're gonna you're gonna do punt return." Yeah. He gives him one shot to go back there. Last play of practice. Guess what? Touchdown. His Touch. very first time he goes in to return the punt. Touchdown. So that week they bring him in to the office and tell him, "Hey, we're gonna start you punt return, right? Kickoff return, and I think safety." Right, so he's going to be doing a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Would you not know the very first time they punt the ball, the other team, which I forget who the I forget who it was. I think it, I think it was Tulane, but we got to have him tell these stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. We don't want to give away all yeah. the stories. Well, I, let, yeah, okay. So I'll just leave it right there. Do you guess? Guess what happens? You'll hear it from him when he comes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I love um, it. Love it, Jim. All right, so let's go. Uh, there's a lot of updates here. There's a lot going on. College football, as always, doesn't disappoint. The playoffs is about to come out tomorrow night. It's mm-hmm. going to change again. Uh, that was the first time in the college football playoff era that Alabama and Clemson lost on the same day. Think about that. That's wow. unbelievable. That's crazy. Um, so, Jimbo, you want to touch on some of your yeah. couple updates on some of yeah. these injuries stuff, and then let's get into talking about Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, we'll get in the review. Uh, just – Injury updates. Um, Robert Beal should be good to go this week. I know he did get hurt in that game, but um, sounds like it was just a stinger. And then Xavier Truss actually did get on the field a little bit in the game for extra points and um, field goals. He should be fully back this week. I'd expect Amarius Mims to be back. I don't know if he's going to be 100%. And then A.D. Mitchell, I keep trying to predict when he's coming back. Signs are pointing to it's better this week. But at this point, I still don't know. Um, ankle injuries, high ankle sprains like that are – a high ankle sprain can almost be worse than just breaking your ankle. Yeah, It's it's a really tough injury, funny the way that injury develops. So I'm not going to try and say I know that he's going to be back this week for sure, but it is trending in the right direction. And as we get into the postseason – you know, he, we were definitely going to need him. So um, we'll see what happens with those injuries. And <clears throat> now to just get into the review for Tennessee, I mean, a g- incredible win, just a dominating, dominating win. Um, even when we faced a little bit of adversity at, at first, you know, opening drive, Dejon Edwards with a fumble, and we hold him to three points. Big. And the big thing about that drive was we forced a couple false starts to give them much more challenging third downs on that drive and ultimately it led them to taking three points. That was huge. And then the other thing, which we were on our rewatch, the first play after giving up those three points bombed Arian Smith. Like which it, you called it, last yeah. week. So if you're watching the show, not that you could, I don't think you could gamble on that to happen, but maybe you can, uh, I probably. suppose if you're gambling on that type of play, you should probably call one hundred gambling. <laughs> But Jimbo called it last week. He said Arian Smith is going to make a play in this game. He could be a difference maker. Watch out. This is the kind of stuff you hear on the show, and there's more of that yeah. coming to you with the gambling picture from last week and some of the other things that both of us said that would happen in this game that happened. And we should have recorded the little extra piece about how we were comparing this game to the Orange Bowl with Michigan. With Michigan. Mm-hmm. And that was on Similar Friday. Vibe. And we, we were I was nervous all week until Friday. Mm-hmm. And then we started this idea that we talked each other into it. I think that it kind of feels like the Orange Bowl a little bit. Similar spread. Very and similar. I feel like we might just go handle them. But up till Friday, I did not feel – I was nervous for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's always when you have a game 
with that much on the line. I mean, some people are saying elimination game. I don't know how the I don't know how it was working, but Tennessee still has over a like forty to fifty percent chance to make the playoff. We'll see what unfolds. But um just when you have a game that huge, it you you get nervous. As T Bone would say, I have butterflies in my stomach. Yeah. Um but we that play to Arian to just punch him right back in the mouth and then have a good drive. Kenny McIntosh had a great run on that drive to get us in the red zone, deep into the red zone, um, first and goal. And then Stetson on third and 10, you know, bouncing back. He threw a great ball to Darnell. It was dropped. But bouncing back, scrambling, scoring the touchdown. Should have been targeting on the Should head, I think. I, I, totally I don't know agree. why it wasn't called because it was like textbook targeting. But scrambled. Great touchdown run. Loved his celebration with the phone because his number, for those of you that don't know, his number got leaked by Tennessee fans somehow, or somebody leaked it. And he got 600 to 700 phone calls and text messages the night before the game trying to keep him up all night. As we all know, nothing gets to Stetson. He always delivers. He's the mailman. He is the mailman. His celebration of putting the phone up, that was incredible. Oh, so good. So, um, just to punch him right back and get the momentum right back was huge. I mean, huge. And as we go throughout the game, after that first turnover drive, we really dictated the flow of the game. Like the time of possession, and I was I was curious about this. A lot of people in the media throughout the week were saying, oh, Georgia's going to run the ball a lot, hold Tennessee off the field, which we did in the second half when the rain started. But... In the first half, we were letting Stetson sling it. Oh, yeah. Like we, and, yeah. and their secondary is not very good. You know, we got um, we got stopped when it was 7-3, to three and Brett Thorson hit one of the best punts Thumped I've it. ever seen. I mean, that ha- it was, I don't know officially what on record it was, but it 75 was. 75 yards. It was as close to, to like. To the one-yard line. Yeah, it was as close to like a 90-yard punt, because from where he actually kicks yeah. it, I know it. The, the stat takes into account, I think, the line of scrimmage. It's line of scrimmage. From where he kicked it, it was like 90 yards. Yeah. So, b- amazing punt. Flip the field, get a little momentum from a play like that. And then you have the fluke safety that they just... Worst the call ever. Were, Jimmy it, Evans, were you watching the game? That was horrible. And these lights, I, the lights are pretty bright here on Broadway <laughs> tonight. I can't even see uh, Jimmy Evans. He said Evans. yes. Oh, there he, he said is. yes. Did you see that? <laughs> that was a horrible call. So bad. So bad. I, I don't understand how they could look at that every which way and then be like, oh, yeah, we'll stick with the call we made. Yeah. It, the what? Oh, yeah. That one was that Bama Tennessee thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was. There's been a lot of weird calls around safeties. That was a terrible call, but we get a short field. First play on that drive. Explosive play, Lad McConkey out and up, touchdown. So a, a play we used to have drawn yep. up. We called Bulldog yep. fourteen back in the day. Jimbo would throw to Kyle Felix or mm-hmm. who else? Yeah. I mean, who was Every, on that we had route? Weapons, Sandin Witt, yeah. Max Holmes, yeah. Carson King, yeah. Dano. Every, I mean, we had weapons everywhere. We ran that Bulldog fourteen on people. We just keep running zip twenty one, then we run <laughs> Bulldog fourteen. Yep. Um, but anyways, I mean to get to get out to a. Um, twenty-one to three lead is, you know, just that's demoralizing for the other team. And our stadium was one hundred percent a factor. Fire. Oh, of course, one hundred percent a factor. Of course, and our guys. I mean, even no, even after that first turnover, nobody even wavered. I mean, it was not. No. An, it was a non-issue. It was no. like, okay, we're stop these guys. We're gonna get the ball and we're gonna go score. That's yeah. the way it's gonna be. And I don't know if, if people. I noticed this. I, I forgot to tell you about this, Big Jim. After that, Dejon Edwards fumble and Stetson almost recovered it, mm-hmm. lost it. He gets right up and looks at the sideline, starts clapping and saying, "Thumbs up, we're I good, we're that. good." Yeah. And that's just that speaks to the culture that has been built because so many other players, because you're playing. Technically, we were playing the number one team in the country, the Heisman favorite, the best offense since Joe Burrow and LSU. And when that happens, a lot of the players on your team could get down. They could be like, shit, we're just pissed away the game on one drive. That is not how our culture is in Athens. And so after that, I mean, we just we dominated the game. 
I, I mean, I don't really know. I know it was 27-13, but it's like th- the score was way worse than that. That late touchdown, you know, w- w- think about it. They had six or seven false starts. We had six sacks. We should have had yeah. seven because mm-hmm. on fourth and 28. 28. You see that, Jimmy? Fourth and 28. And we sack them, and then it's a damn face mask. And it was like the uh, smallest. The, the, you got to call it. I mean, mask. I don't have a problem with that. It was a dumb face mask. I'll give you that. But you got to call that penalty. I mean, it's yeah, a penalty. I mean, it just sucks. I mean, fourth and twenty-eight, yeah. and they you didn't know. score on that drive though. We stopped them again, yeah. but still, just, just whatever. It's a bad call. Their longest play of the day, Jimbo, I think, was twenty-some yards to yeah, high. Twenty-eight the, the, yards. Yeah, the player one in the over middle. the middle. Yeah. No explosive plays really for the team mm-hmm. that is glorified the Joe Burrow, you know, 2.0 story. Hendon Hooker will not win the Heisman Trophy. You heard it right here no, on the Two Hours Jones podcast. Uh, that he game, is, I think he lost it. He's done. Yeah. Um, I do think he's impressive. He's He is stronger than I thought mm-hmm. and bigger than I thought. Um, you know, we watched it. Not like we, that was the first time we ever seen him, but when we know how big the Georgia guys are. Like, I don't know how big all the other – guys are but i know how big the georgia guys are so when you see him next to those guys you're like oh damn this guy's he's pretty big dude i think he's smooth i think our game plan coach smart and the game plan on both sides of the ball fantastic yeah he just basically told secondary we're going man up on these guys and shut them down shut those bastards down that's what we're going to do we're going to get after him and we're going to contain him i mean you look at what happened there he averaged Five yards an attempt. Okay. He threw for 195 yards. 23 for 33 or 22 for 33? 23 of 33. Yeah. For 195. 195. His quarterback rating was like 50-something. Yeah. Bad. Stetson's? Wait, where was Stetson? The guy that everyone continues to discount. His quarterback rating was 98. He ran for a touchdown and got ear-holed. They didn't call a damn targeting. Threw for two touchdowns. No picks. 17 drops official line had some drops official line 17 of 25 for 257 two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown i mean in the rain yeah against the number one team in the country who everyone said was going to win and and hooker's going to win the damn husband anyway uh stats the mvp in my book jimbo on that one on the on the defense i know we're not the mvps yet but that's all right just i just only have a couple stats left so we can do that i mean i'm going with i'll I'll hold my defensive one for now but but uh i'm going with stat also also lad had a great game lad's really protecting the football um and he's shiftier than ever and he's making plays the guy's route running is fantastic so good i mean they can't cover the guy and stats i mean lasers it's a damn laser show. Laser now, he show. had one behind him that, that Lad came back and got, which was nice play on Lad's part. Still, it's yeah. a catchable ball, but it was still here. I think it was because there was two. He was throwing them in between two defenders, uh, so I think he had to get it a little bit okay. back on his shoulder. Because I know the one you're talking. Was it on third down for the first down when Lad's cutting yes. in? Yeah, yep. yeah. I think he had to thread that between two defenders. Um, but really, to add on what you said. When we when our corners play that well, like Keeley with an incredible interception, I mean Keeley big play Ringo, he's played an incredible game. He's such a physical corner. Same with Kamari Lasseter though. Kamari Lasseter might not look as big as Keeley, but he plays just as big, and he's, he is damn he's, physical. He is awesome. He came up and injured the Tennessee running back. Yeah, on a that's hit. a big ass running back. Yeah, and Kamari is a dog. Yeah, like I mean everyone on our defense is, but um, just a great game by our DBs. And a couple stats um, to round out the review and get to MVPs. Key stat of the game, the biggest difference, was third down defense for us. Tennessee was just 2 of 14 on third down. That is horrible. And we did that because we got them into bad situations third and long. And we were able to pressure him very, very well. We were, on the other hand, we were 7 of 12 on offense on third down. That is legit. That's solid. And... Number one team the in other, the country we did yep, that again. The other difference is, which we struggle with early on in the year, early in the game, our red zone trips were touchdowns. They were not field goals. Getting touchdowns is such a big deal in a game like that. Every single score matters, but touchdowns are so, 
I, I hate to use the same word again, but demoralizing for the opponent. Yeah. Like holding you to three in the red zone, that's a win. Like you build momentum off of that as a defense. Touchdowns, no chance. Um, One of our keys to the game last week, Jimbo, was get ahead, right? right. Start yeah, fast, start get fast. ahead. We started fast, gave up the, coughed up the ball, fixed it, right, with a stop, and we gave up the three yep. points, but that's okay. They had a short field, and then boom, right down score. Yep. Right. And then the other stat, which if you watched the game, you saw it, but uh, this is the first game in Coach Heupel, Josh Heupel's career, 58 games, that he did not have a touchdown in the first half. And they didn't throw a touchdown. Right. Yep. So just a, number one scoring offense in the country, 49, 50 points a game. Mm -hmm. They get six points basically with a garbage touchdown at the end. Uh, but he didn't even throw a touchdown, and he threw a pick. Uh, tough place to play for Tennessee. I will definitely say that. For sure. Uh, a lot of Tennessee fans complaining, right? If yeah, this it makes was, no sense. If it was a neutral site or if we played in Tennessee, we would have won, or if it wasn't rain, we would have won, and if this and if that, well, whatever. Uh, I – I do believe they are a good ball club, and I think that Heifel's a good coach. I think he's maybe even better than just a good coach. And uh, hopefully the NFL will take him away. Yeah. And that will solve our, yeah. any issues we might have over the next I mean, five, six, seven years. Uh, that will set them back. If somebody throws a truck at them and says, hey, we got lots of money in here, uh, come on to the NFL with your, 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 your offensive mind and all the rules in the NFL now are so offensive – offensively flavored uh that'd be the best thing that could happen for uh us and anybody in the SECs for sure yeah um and last thing former guest on the pod jackpot lesney great game made some clutch field goals made a really clutch field goal in the rain when we had that really long third quarter drive to basically just stomp on them and get them out of the game um and now to mvps i agree with you stetson for sure offensive mvp no doubt yep Defense, I'm going Javon Bullard and Keeley for the pick. But Javon had two sacks, seven tackles, um, and a couple pass couple, deflections. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just was he was everywhere, all over the field everywhere. He looked so fast. <clears throat> such a great game by Javon, and um, just a great win. I mean, just an incredible, incredible win um, by them. Just one of great. the things we another one of the things we talked about last week was I said Marcus is going to make a play. Marcus made a couple plays. One unbelievable catch in the end zone, running right of the crossbar for a touchdown. Yes, yes. Phenomenal. Oh, Former guest Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint. The guy's unbelievable. So such fun when he was play. on the show. But he had a couple of big catches. I think he had another third down conversion, another catch. Uh, it was fun to see him in the action. And uh, he's a big athletic guy. He's going to make some more plays. I'm telling he you. He is. He you is. called Arian. I called Marcus. So we got some good stuff there. I'm uh, looking forward to getting into our gambling section of the program. Yep. Uh, but overall, mm. you know, you come Friday, we're like, okay, I think we're going to be okay. Um, they go out and do. They take care of business. Yeah. Right. The fans showed up. Kirby called them out. And now we go on to the Mississippi State preview. The preview is brought to you by Classic City Collective, our friends up in Athens. They are responsible for leading the way at the University of Georgia with the NIL for all of our student athletes, not just the football folks. And they are doing a hell of a job. If you're on social media, which most people seem to be, please follow us, as Jimbo said earlier. <laughs> but you also probably would have noticed Kirby Smart, Josh Brooks, everybody's starting to tell the story as well yep. that the Classic City Collective is trying to do. Um, Jimbo, you need a beer over there. Yeah, yeah. I was, I think, yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Evans is being a bartender this evening as well as uh, our producer. Um, thank you, Jimmy. Um, you might as well, yeah, might as well pull pull another one out of there. <laughs> um, check them out. Their Twenty One Club is a very unique idea they have of how you can contribute and help our athletes at the University of Georgia, the place that we love, and then we need to be able to have a sustainable model where we have dollars coming in for our athletes not only do we need the dollars for them we need to be able to coach them up on what to do with the money when they get it how they're going to handle their taxes also whatever they're going to be doing whether it's going on a show or doing a commercial or visits wherever whatever it might be they need coaching there that's what classic city collective is doing so check out that 21 club 21 dollars a month jimbo and i are members of it it's uh it's a very cool thing you can do any donation you can give him 10 million there's that'd be great yeah the tennessee guys some guy over there gave him 12 million so i said well we need to get somebody like that 
we got plenty of people like that. Let's get someone to give them fifty million. Uh, even even better. Yeah. So it's key though, and we're building that sustainable model where everybody can contribute at any level. So if you, whatever you can do is great. Five bucks, ten bucks, twenty million, whatever it is. Yeah. Classic City Collective. Thank you. Check them out online, social media. Uh, good peeps. And you'll see that uh, the push is on now. You can see it coming from Kirby and Josh, and and uh, that's cool to see. So, For sure. All right, so Mississippi State, Jimbo, it's going to be Cowbell Central. It's a night game, which worries me a little bit. Yeah, I don't like it. Do we have an early like weather it. forecast on that? Is that um, looking low? No, I haven't checked the weather. All I do know is we're favored by 16.5 right now. Um, which I would think it would be higher. Yeah, I I just given I some of our spreads this year, I just I know, that's what scares kinda, me a little bit. It's kind of weird, it, it, but um, I I think it's just it does get loud there. Mississippi State is just a wild card. Like you never know what you're going to get from Mike Leach and his teams because he's such a smart coach. Like he is such a smart offensive minded coach, but you just don't know what you're going to get execution wise or effort wise. I have a feeling. From their season, they've had an up and down season. They're six and three, three losses in conference. So they're they're done. Their season, they're not winning the West. They're it's still playing for a good. I mean, Mississippi they, they State could, is six and three. Mike Leach is not there. They're two and seven. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. Um, their offense, a lot of people think, is similar to Tennessee, which it is in the fact that they do go decently quick. They throw the ball about fifty times a game, um, which is slightly different. They do spread you out like Tennessee does. A lot of, you know, three, four wide formations, exotic shifts in motion, stuff like that. Um, so I'd like for us to have a concept-wise a similar scheme this week, play really good man-to-man coverage. They do have some speedsters on the outside. Um, their leading receiver, Ra-Ra Thomas, can fly. How about that name? Ra-Ra Thomas. He can fly. Um and obviously you have Will Rogers, who's been a starting quarterback in this league for a couple of years, who's very good, who's um, tore, like close to the top in the league in pass yards. He's almost at 3,000 passing yards for the season. Um, they're notable wins. Uh, they've beaten Auburn just last week where they blew a 24-3 to lead, actually lost the lead in the fourth quarter. And um, they uh, actually recovered an onside kick with 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter and uh, got it down the field to kick a field goal to beat, uh, send it to overtime and then beat Auburn. But they've beaten A&M, Arkansas, and Auburn. That's kind of their notable wins. Um, but they do have some bad losses to Kentucky, 27 to 17. It's Bama. Not a bad loss, though. I mean, yeah, but Kentucky's not, they, I mean, they've been banged up, but like Miss, to me, Mississippi State should be able to beat Kentucky, I think. I mean, Kentucky lost South Carolina at home. That's pretty bad. Mississippi State lost to Kentucky 27-17, Bama 30-6, and LSU 31-16. But, I mean, so think about that for a second, okay? Just sort of step back and think about that. Kentucky's, I mean, a pretty good program. They're they're 6-3. got to play them in two weeks. mm -hmm. Alabama. Are they 6-3? Yeah. I'm going to check that, but keep going. Yeah. Alabama and LSU. Happen to be ranked. Well, I mean, we know Alabama. Right? Yeah, we know LSU. I mean, LSU's right now. They're they're controlling the other side of the SEC. Those are. I know thirty to six is not really a game. Twenty seven seventeen. Okay, and then what was the LSU score? Uh, thirty one to sixteen. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, if they lost to Missouri or if they lost to. Well, they don't play that Missouri's in, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like if they would have yeah. lost to like a, a lesser team, those aren't lesser teams. Like you got two monsters plus Kentucky, which is, you know, Kentucky was ranked top 15 this year. Yeah. So it just. I t- mean, so is Mississippi State. Yeah. So to it. That's that's my point about what we're walking into this week. Yeah, right? no, that, I'm I'm not saying I'm definitely I agree with you. <clears throat> we can't take these guys lightly. I just they're inconsistent. I feel like, and you don't know. I mean, we played them in Athens two years ago. It was a tight ball game, thirty-one twenty-four. Yeah, I mean they they were in it basically the entire game. Um, I mean they're eighth in the country in passing yards per game at three hundred twenty-five point six per game, and like I said, just under fifty pass attempts. 
per game, uh, leading the nation in that category. Um, and they, I mean, they spread the ball out a lot. They have four wide receivers that have over 300 yards on the year. Um, like I said, Rara Thomas, their leading receiver, 36 catches for 540 yards and five touchdowns. Their leading rusher is Dylan Johnson, who has 71 carries for 406 yards and three touchdowns. And like you just mentioned, it's going to be a hostile environment. It is Starkville with the cowbells at night. It's going to be annoying. Um, it is. I hate that this is a night game. Would much rather have it be noon or 3.30 or, or 1 o'clock. Sometimes ESPN has a 1 o'clock spot for college. Um, and you just, it, like, if we win this game, we clinch the SEC East, which is huge. Clinching the East, that's a huge goal of Kirby Smart's every year. Coach Smart, nice. Um, because if you win the East, you typically control your own destiny to get to the playoff. Mm -hmm. Because if you win the East, you have an opportunity to win the SEC. The winner of the SEC will always make the college football playoff, and I will stand by that. Um, Got an interesting list listener question about that yep. coming up here in a second. Yep. Um, so, and the, the thing that you really need to think about that I've heard coaches say, and just when you think, I'm not trying to put out a bad vibe about the game or anything like that. I think we win. I, I, I really do. We have such a great team. But in order to get such a good culture like we have, normally when your team starts to think that you would never have a letdown game, that's exactly when it happens. I don't think our team thinks that because we have such a good culture and such a good standard there. Um, but like you, I'm, I'm nervous. The one thing I'm kind of hanging my hat on is if you look at the transitive property of similar opponents, like we killed Auburn and Mississippi state had to take Auburn to overtime at home mm -hmm. with an interim head coach. I mean, the programs in just crazy dysfunction over there at Auburn right now. So I don't know. You look at that and you think to yourself, Georgia, you know, should take care of business. 16 and a half on the road is still a lot of points, um, even though some of our other spreads have been way higher. But um, I'm, I'm nervous, but I really uh, I think it'll be a great game. Um, I do think we will clinch the East, win the game. To get the players to watch for the game, we already talked about some of them. Will Rogers, Ra-Ra Thomas, Dylan Johnson. Do you want to also note one of their receivers, Justin Robinson, was a Georgia receiver for a few years. I got to know him. He's a good guy. He transferred to Mississippi He's State. Boy. He's huge. He is a big receiver. Um, he does have a touchdown catch on the year. I think 15 catches for 100-something yards and a touchdown. <clears throat> um, Nathaniel Watson, their leading tackler, has 78 tackles on the year. He is their linebacker. And then they do Emmanuel Forbes, uh, one of their starting corners, has five interceptions on the year. So um, that's pretty impressive for a defensive back. And for how we're going to attack this game, I really think, like, I hate to be reiterating our keys to the game every week, but when you're on the road and how we play our football, it's going to be pretty similar each week. I think we will, you know, focus on stopping explosive plays in the run and pass game, Mississippi State actually hits uh, more explosive plays on the ground than they do in the air. Um, so if we can stop the run, like we always predicate ourselves on, and make them get un in uncomfortable third down situations, I really don't think their defense is going to be able to stop our offense um, because we've been just executing very, very well. So I think stopping the run um, – will be a big part of the game plan this week. And I think Kirby's going to rely on Keeley and Kamari to play great man coverage yep. again. These guys can run, but if they're physical and they can play great man coverage, I, I mean, I still like I still like the dogs. Yep. So um, love that. And uh, really just going into a hostile environment at night, like we always talk about, start fast. Don't give them any hope. Dude, we do not want this to turn into Missouri like a few weeks ago. Pressure the quarterback get him off schedule, get him off, off plane, you know, have him make the mistakes and then we will just take over the game. Like I just said, effective man-to-man -man coverage, win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Coach Smart will say that is a key to every single game because that's what wins the game in the SEC. And then if we win the turnover battle and we do those things, that will silence the crowd, that will silence those cowbell cowbells, and um, we will not have to deal with, with that um, if we start fast and just crush their dreams and take the hope 
aspect out of it. Yeah, which we struggle to do in the Missouri game. And we've, I got to say, my one worry, I got two things on the worry chart here. One is we turn the ball over. We have had turnover issues. We have had turnover issues for six games. And that, we just can't do that. That's got to get cleaned up. And we, but a lot of them are fumbles. Yeah. Ball security is job security. Uh, Yeah. That's a lot of them are fumbles. That's that's one problem. And then the other one is health. Yep. And I will say, Jalen Carter looks good. Really good. And every, every week, every, every week further away from his injury, if he keeps getting better and better back to where he, you know, used to be, it appears he's almost there. Yep. That and guy this is might an be a hot animal. take, but everybody throughout the offseason and last season said Will Anderson would have been the number one pick in last year's draft if he could have come out. I won't be surprised if Jalen Carter plays his way to be the number one overall pick. Well, he's, he's that good. Yeah. Well, he, right now, he's I think he's two or three in everybody's pool. Right. But I Will Anderson could, is the number one by far. But not well, right. It, certainly, everybody's been saying yeah. what you said. That is a cool take right there. I, th- I think we could have back-to-back number one overall picks. <clears throat> he is. Uh, He's Jalen Carter's that good. Yeah, and you he, don't find a def- like. I'm not saying there's a ton of Will Andersons out there, but there's a lot of really, really good edge rushers every single year. When you get a true defensive tackle like Jalen Carter, those guys do not come around that often. And he is special. Like we said at the beginning of the season, he's the best player on our team. Still think that to this day. Oh, yeah. And um, he's going to have a great impact. So um, I am going to be right back. <laughs> do you want to do our NFL dog segment? I do want to do our NFL dog segment while Jimbo heads to his office. And uh, our NFL dog segment is brought to you by Movement Mortgage and the Big Cat. And guess what? He got the phone call today. For those of you that have been on the Movement Mortgage website, movement.com, and looked up Carlos Wilcox, you will notice that he is a dead ringer for Jeff Saturday, the center for the Indianapolis Colts. Not only is he a dead ringer uh, in our minds, when we were out in public, we've been at places where people come up to him and literally ask him if he's Jeff Saturday for an autograph, like they want his autograph. Jeff Saturday was called to be the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts today when they fired Frank Reich. And this NFL dog segment is for you, Big Cat. Carlos Wilcox, good luck in Indy. As Jeff Saturday. We've been calling you that for shit over a decade now and uh this it, the resemblance is striking so check that out on the website you'll get a good laugh at the fact that he's the twin of jeff saturday and more importantly go see him for help with your mortgage needs he is the best so <clears throat> dog segment nfl deal we love doing this now we've been doing it for a while uh miko hardman is having a great season with the kansas city chiefs he gets to play football with Patrick Mahomes every day, with, which is always going to help your career. Uh, Miko is faster than hell. He's having a hell of a year. Scored another touchdown and a big win over Tennessee. Kansas City struggled in that game, and they pulled it out. Jake Camarda, former guest on the show, had a great uh, game punting the ball again for Tampa Bay. And they had a big comeback win with uh, Tom Brady leading, the, uh, leading them over the Rams. Tom Brady went over 100,000 yards in his career passing, which is out of control, and 55 game-winning comeback drives, which, like, those numbers just sound like we're in a movie talking, like, complete nonsense. Crazy. But uh, Jake's just thumping it there. Uh, I've got, real quick, before the next guy, I've got Jake's stats from the game just to qualify his great game. He he got the game ball, not Tom Brady, by the way. Wow. Bucks gave him – he had six punts – that averaged 59 and a half yards. We're going to round that up to 60. Holy and a shit. long punt of 74 yards. Yeah, he can thump it. Um, he's got some club head speed with a golf club, too, man. We saw yes, some of that. Yeah. If he gets that thing dialed in a little bit, he's going to really go low because mm-hmm. he can smash it. Uh, Tyson Campbell played great uh, in the Jags game. He Devontae Adams had a big game for the Raiders against us, but when, when, uh, when Tyson was on him, he did really well. And Devontae is one of the top five receivers in the league. For He's sure. A stud. Some people might put him first, depending on who you ask defender-wise in the yeah. NFL. He's that good. Jazz came back to win. Tyson Campbell having a great season as well. Uh, listener questions, Jimbo, now that you're back. Uh, yeah. Let's get into that. Let me, uh, let me see if uh, 
Let's see. Listener questions brought to you by Atlantic Chiropractic. Uh, those are our friends over off of Atlantic Boulevard. Go to AtlanticChiropractor.com. Go see Dr. Crosby and Dr. Blake. These guys are phenomenal. We are constantly looking for therapies and healing from our workouts. We truly do work out a fair amount, uh, but we also uh, like to have some fun and, and work out with adult beverages. So we need we need recovery on, on both sides. And that's why we have uh, folks like Atlantic Chiropractic. Go see them. They are wonderful guys. It's a great vibe in there, Jimbo. You've been in there. they got great awesome. tunes, awesome. great people, <clears throat> and you walk out and you just feel better every time. Awesome. Um, so, listener questions. Start us off, Jimbo. I've got one here that I've got to get to, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> first question is from Trip, and we kind of already answered this, but was that the worst no-call safety ever in the game? Yes. That 100%. was awful. So, since we already touched on that, uh, thank you for the question, Trip. We're going to move to the next one. Um, from Chandler, can anybody stop us? I'm going to go with no. Right now, no. I don't know. I just feel a little nervous about saying that, but, I mean, it looks like. <clears throat> I feel a little nervous saying it, too, but nobody else has proved me to think Otherwise, yeah. This, the reason why the reason why I would say no, you see, I qualify that, so I didn't actually say no. Right. The reason why I would say no, I see what you is doing. we're winning, and we're not playing our best football. We still turn the ball over. We've had a bunch of injuries to key people. Um, at times, we are not running on all cylinders. We've had some bad quarters, and we're still out in front. Right. That's so, a great point. So I would say when you kind of wrap all that in there, you know, if we can get healthier as these weeks go by and heading into the most critical part of the season, could be another special year. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then I've got two quick hitters from our buddy Jay Stowe. Um, was this the best defensive performance under Kirby Smart? Big Jim's thinking. Um, I mean, the Oregon game was. Yeah, looking back on what Oregon's offense has done. We're talking, we're talking ever, he said. Ever? Ever, yeah. No. I mean, it might be. No, it, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I, th I was thinking about it and going back through some of the games from when we were a part of the team, Jay. I, this could be based on the statistics and and like Tennessee had some really good wins in there. Like Tennessee blew out LSU at LSU, mm -hmm. and they're looking to be very very good. They beat Bama, which is, was a huge win. Um, you know they smoked Kentucky, which they're I mean they're not that bad. Um, they like well they beat Florida, you know it's Florida whatever, but. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Still, Jimmy. Like they, Florida did get a win what, this weekend. For, I mean, yeah, they did. They we did. should give Jimmy a little love there for his Gators they over did. there. I mean, 15 guys are out, but it's okay. Yeah, Texas A&M's <laughs> whole, whole starting lineup was gone. Um, I think it is based on what that offense was coming into that game. Um, you're talking about a historic statistical offense that had looked to be firing on all cylinders every single game. Um, and, I mean – you could argue that it could have, like, you could argue Oregon could be in there based on what they've done since our game, but I don't put as much merit into that because, like, first, tennis, game. first game for a new head coach, yeah. new quarterback over there, like, Hendon Hooker is the Heisman favorite. I think it, somehow he still is after our game. I don't think he wins it, but no. Um, you look at how good Tennessee has been. I, I really think that could be the that best defense. Be. That's a cool ever. question. It is. Yeah. And then the next one he had was, um, is Will Rogers better than Hendon Hooker? No. I don't think so either. No. Hendon there Hooker. could have been an argument maybe before this season because Will Rogers had been playing longer in the SEC than Hendon Hooker, but I would say Hendon Hooker is better than Will Rogers. He, you can just tell when you watch that guy, he's, yeah. he's just better than, I mean, a lot oh, of he's no, good. He's, he's really, really good. good. He's really good. And we 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 really held him in and you know, we boxed him in, really. And that had to be frustrating as hell. But even when you watched when he was under duress and the thing the plays hit him, he's still like 
He's one of those players that's just like he's just better. He's just smoother. Yeah. He just moves. Just like guys miss him, and it's like miss some, miss some open touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, he did. We had he, some he, guys oh, yeah. That were, oh yeah. We had some guys that were beat. Yeah. He had a couple missed throws for yeah. sure. Yeah, I agree. But you have a, a listener question. Uh, yes, I have a question. Um, this came from uh, McCarthy. Uh, his first name is McCarthy, which is pretty amazing. We are not related to him. Yeah. For those of you wondering, we had to explain that at the tailgate. And it was a little awkward, but we're like, look, it's his first name. Yeah. Like, so it's like, you know, yeah, you're not related not, when it's yeah. the first name and last name. Anyway, he is a large mammal, and uh, he may not even remember this question, but he says, what, what happens if LSU uh, wins the SEC championship over, let's say we make it there, right? We both make it there, us versus LSU, and they win. And you have a two-loss SEC champion, and you have us sitting there with one loss to the SEC champion. What the hell happens in the college football playoff? I think you got to look at the other conferences, but I think both of us get in. I mean, I think LSU gets in. SEC champ, I, I like I said earlier, will always get in. Always that conference championship means the most in college football. So LSU's in. I think we would get in. I think that actually would be worst case scenario for Tennessee because we would get in with one loss. We would have the head to head to ten with Tennessee. We would have made the SEC championship. LSU gets in. And then from there, I think you got to look at the Big Ten, uh, you know, between Ohio, Ohio State, State and Michigan, Michigan, you know, whoever wins that game, I could see getting in. And then you got to look at does TCU remain undefeated? Does Clemson win the ACC? Do, or do they drop another game? Who knows? So, um, who would I, get in? So, so just taking that a step further. If and that, if Oregon wins the Pac-12, I, you know, if it all goes that way, and Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship, and Clemson wins the ACC championship, and we don't win our championship, I, th I mean, I think it would be similar to last year because we didn't win the SEC and we got in over Clemson or Oregon. I think we would get in over Clint. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We would have a head-to-head -head win over Oregon. Yeah. So the playoff committee holds that in the highest regard. I mean, we would have a 46-point win yeah. over them. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I feel like we would still get in because of those things. Well, it's funny. Every year people complain that the playoffs should be bigger, and every year I tell you, at least for the last, I don't know how many years we've been doing this, uh, as father and son with the college football playoff, I don't know how, how many years is that? Seven or eight? It's been around. Um, cl uh, I don't know. Whatever it I is, I forget when it started. I, I think. always say it just stick around because college football will not disappoint. No, and this it shit shakes out every it does. year, and then you get the four teams, and of course people bitch about, you know, oh we should have got in or we should have got in or whatever. But really, the reality of it is, the four the right four teams get in, and then if you look at it. What's really interesting, to take the playoff out wider, which is going to happen, we already know that, but you look at how many lopsided playoff games there have been with four teams, right? There's usually two teams that are right elite. For sure. And then two that are like maybes. Mm -hmm. And then that's why you see these blowouts in the, in the semifinal. Anyway, um, this, this is the discussion, right? The yes. rest of the way, because it's going to be – well, what happens next week when these guys play and you know, it's whatever, crazy. it's going to happen. It's every week now that's going to be that. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be fun. Tuesday nights it will come out on the CFP show, and then everybody will see what's going on. I think we're in a good spot. That's how I feel about that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, so now do you want to do gambling picks? And I know we want to get home yes. and uh, see the kids. Yeah, we do. Um, so um, Kentucky kick time came out. It will be a 3.30 kick. CBS game of the week. That'll be fun. Nice. Um, gambling picks and score predictions for the game this week. We were um, on fire last week. We were. We were. So, start out, we have UGA at Mississippi State. <clears throat> uh, Georgia is favored by 16.5. Auto bet. Megan Nuke. Whale. The dogs. We're taking it. 100%. Five unit max play. 10 unit max play. 30 unit max play. 1 800 gambler. Um, Exactly. LSU at Arkansas. 
Arkansas or LSU is only favored by three points here. This could be a trap game. Um, but Arkansas is coming off a loss to Liberty, and the, the season Sam's lost the season a little bit here. Lost it's, control of the locker yeah, room. I don't think he's lost control of the locker room, but I think he's. Uh, I, you know, I've always been high on Sam. I, I I think he's awesome. He always treated me like a like a stud, like a king at at Georgia when he was there. Um, I don't know, man. Does Brian Kelly slip up? He seems pretty confident. You see the press conference with him today? He looked like, yeah. holy cow, I've been here at LSU for he, 20 <laughs> years. I got this thing under control. I came. I, I wanted to I, come to the SEC to beat Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, and in my first try, I beat him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's... He beat Nick Saban. Jimmy Evans, I see, I see you nodding in the background like, yeah. Kirby Smart's played Brian Kelly twice, and he's undefeated. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there. I love I'm taking that. LSU. All right, I am going to go the other way. I'm going with Sam Pittman. Okay. At home, right the ship after the Liberty loss. And Liberty's a better team than people think. Like, for people that don't know college football, they look at that, they're like, oh, my God, they lost to Liberty? Yeah. Liberty's better than... They are. They're better than what people think. But, I mean, there's no way Arkansas should lose to Liberty at home. I agree. I know they're better than people think. I agree with that. Um, next game, uh, the three thirty kick CBS game of the week, Alabama at Ole Miss. Bama is favored by eleven and a half. I'm taking Ole Miss. You're simply following the instructions that we got from our good buddy Mike Pernio that runs the sports book at Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino and taking the underdog in a, a big game like follow. that. Uh I agree. But not so fast, Jimbo, as the great Lee Corso would say. And God, I hope he gets better. He's under the weather. We need him back to do the for sure the mascot heads and all that. Or they got to turn it over to somebody else. Maybe that's what McAfee gets or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm going the other way. Alabama's going to come back, and they're going to make a statement in this game, and they're going to send old boy Lane the other way. That's where, that's where I'm going. I'm going to Alabama. I'm giving the 11 and a half. I just I don't see it because I feel like everybody was saying that about the LSU game because they were coming off a loss, and I I just don't see but it. But they weren't coming off a loss. No, they won. Yeah, they were. No, because they wouldn't be losing three in a row. They'd be losing three in the last four. So they lost to Tennessee. Then they and then they had a bye week. Oh, they had a bye. Yeah. Oh. You sure. I'm positive because okay. Nick Saban's birthday is always around Halloween, and they always have a bye week. Mm. He has that much control. He gets his birthday as a bye week every year. Okay. It's unbelievable. I'm going Alabama I'm, on that one, Jimmy. Yeah, I just I think it'll be Ole Miss's Super Bowl, and they have somewhat of a sliver of hope to still make the SEC championship. And the head of the sportsbook at Mandalay Bay said, "Take dogs." So um, next game, A and M at Auburn. Auburn is favored by two. This is a big game for both teams. To try and right the ship of their program, I'm going Auburn. Um, I mean, is it possible that Jimbo Fisher could lose seven games in a row? Would it be seven or six? I don't, I think it'd be seven games total. It is. There's three and six. Yeah. So I mean, this is for bowl eligibility for A&M. I think Auburn gets it done on the plains. God, I've been. I've been betting on Auburn all year because of Care Bear. I, I, um, and that's another reason why I took it. Shout out, Kara. But what about all the other times you didn't take it? I didn't think they were going to cover, all and right. I don't think they did. All right, Care Bear. Uh, close your eyes. I'm going A&M. <laughs> okay, let's uh, last game, big game outside of the SEC, but with a future SEC team involved in this game, TCU at Texas TCU is undefeated. They have a chance at the college football playoff, but Texas is six and three, and they're favored by seven points in this game. I am going with TCU. I'm going with the Horn Frogs. He's also going with the Dog Program. I gotta say, this is messed up. You got a team. I think it's weird. Too. You got a team that's gonna come out and potentially be ranked in the top four of the college football playoff rankings tomorrow night and they're going to be underdogged by seven to a six and three team that that's why i'm taking tcu i don't think it makes sense 
I don't know, man. I'm going with my boy Eddie Shell out there in Texas. I'm going with the Longhorns. Jimbo, we are seeing a lot of opposites here. We um, are. We're on the somebody's going to do really great. We're both on the opposite <laughs> opposite on I think most of these. Um, we both have the dogs. You've got LSU. I got Arkansas. You got Ole Miss. I got Bama. You got Auburn. I got A and M. We're opposite on every game, except for the dogs. It's going to be great. And naturally, we'll <laughs> bet against Florida. Yeah, uh, obviously. Hundred percent. Yeah, it doesn't matter who they're playing. Uh, another incredible week, buddy. Episode yep. fifteen. Tribute. Let's get our score predictions in oh, real quick. Oh, score prediction for Mississippi State game. What Just did I score. say? I said thirty-one. I said it earlier. Thirty. Thirty-one. Did you? Thirteen. Th- yeah, thirty-one. Thirteen. Yeah, thirty-one. Thirteen for me. I'm going thirty-five. Seventeen. Both covers. Yes. Yeah. Both yeah. covers. What's the over under? I don't know. I didn't look at that. I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't look at that. Jimbo, episode 15, buddy. I can't believe it. What a pleasure can't it's believe been. We've made it this far. A pleasure mm. it's been to sit here with you and do this. It the is best. just amazing and a special day for us. Yep. And a tribute to Mama up in heaven, who is hopefully laughing and enjoying this and maybe having a ice cold sweet water, a Michelob Ultra, or whatever they've got up there. Yep. Um, with some rogue goat pretzels. There you go. Um, everybody. Root hard this week. Don't sleep on this thing. It could be a little bit of a hiccup. Thank God we got Kirby, the assassin. He'll keep the guys sharp. I expect good things from the dogs, Jimbo. I'm looking forward to watching it. You're going to be in Richmond. We're splitting up again. He's going to see Molly up in Richmond, and Mm -hmm. I'll be be home rallying the Jacksonville crowd (laughs) to get us ready to rock. Uh, So we're going to dominate from two different cities for the dogs this weekend. Jimmy, what are you doing? Are you going to be in town? Nice. And the Gators... Who the hell do the Gators have? South Carolina. Oh, that's oh, right. South Carolina. It's a big game. Gainesville. Bowl eligibility game. Okay. We at the beginning of the season we took the under on Florida, Florida. wins, so we really we really need Carolina in this one. <laughs> it's and it's in Gainesville, right? I think so. Yeah. Beamer may they may be ready. Maybe. Yeah. They surprised me. Good team. Well, everybody, thank you for watching, as always. And uh go dogs this week. We need them. We, we just got to go in there and take but care of business. Get win the home. East. Healthy. We got to get that. Win the East. Yep. Right, Jimbo? Win the East. Yeah. Awesome, buddy. Win the East. Great episode. 15, Great episode. 15's in the books. Cheers to Mama. Yeah. Cheers, Mama. Miss you. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Miss you. Love you, Mama. We will see you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Go dogs. Go dogs.